0: What is up Thrive Tribe? Welcome back to the Thrive University podcast. I am your host and chief energy officer, Jeremy Abramson. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am so excited for you to be here because I understand that you could be doing a lot of other things right now, and the fact that you're here listening to this podcast at this moment in time genuinely means the world to me and warms my heart. So I first off wanna acknowledge you for having a growth mindset and really being committed to becoming the best version of yourself. Now, if you have ever struggled with feelings of anxiety, feelings of depression, then I have something for you. I literally have experienced anxiety and depression at different moments of my life. And I honestly wish I would have had more resources at my disposal, especially when I was in college and I didn't really know how to process these different feelings. And sometimes they got the best of me. And based on a lot of the messages I've received in the past couple years, I really wanted to create something powerful and transformational for you. And that's why I created a free guide, a free video course on how to master your mental health. Whether you're struggling with anxiety, depression, or any other limiting beliefs that are holding you back, I promise you that these five videos are going to help you gain self-awareness that allow you to break free from the prison of your own mind and live a life that you are proud of. So hit the link in the show notes to get access to this free course. Again, there's no catches, there's no gimmicks. I literally just wanna bring you as much value as possible. So go check that out. And without further ado, let's get in to today's episode with the one and only, Layla Sentner. What is up, Thrive Tribe? Welcome back to the Thrive University podcast. And you already know that I bring you the best guests in the world, the brightest minds in health, wellness, entrepreneurship. And it's no different with today's guest. I have the one and only Layla Sentner, And Layla is the chief energy, sorry, chief executive officer and co-founder of Centner Academy, a progressive independent happiness school that combines a deep commitment to emotional intelligence, mindfulness, and happiness with a challenging curriculum featuring language immersion, entrepreneurial thinking, problem-solving, creativity, and collaboration. Layla is also a health freedom advocate speaking out nationally on behalf of children and families. Layla, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Jeremy, thank you for having me.
0: It's It's wonderful seeing you. I'm doing, doing super well, really excited for this conversation. And I think we should just jump right in, you know, with what you're creating at Center Academy because it's so unique and I think it's exactly what our country what our world needs right now. So talk to us a little bit about how this idea came about, what inspired it and then really what makes it different from all the other schools out there.
1: So at Center Academy, you know, we reopened uh, September 8th due to, you know, the shutdown after COVID and um we're a school that's all about not living in fear, mindfulness, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, you know, we're a school that's about project based just just a really progressive school. So, when we were going to open in September, I knew that something was very strange with all of the really really crazy COVID rules and things that they were putting in place in place at school. So, I well before we opened in September, especially since plenty of data had been out by then, I started diving into research and understanding really the impact of COVID on kids, the impact of COVID on teachers, um, the uh, I'm trying to understand what, what did these masks really mean? Did they work? Um, reading the prior studies that had been out prior to, um, you know, even what prior to even COVID, even being a thing, there were studies from 2011, 2016, and so on. So I started reading all these studies and I quickly realized that kids should not be wearing a mask for seven to eight hours a day at school. They should not be wearing a mask. I understood that the size of the holes in the mask were larger than the size of the virus. I understood that, you know, children had a 99.99% survival rate Overall, there was a 99.74% survival rate from COVID. So, you know, it just made sense to me that I needed to start the school year with the kids being kids. And that was it. And that's what I did. I allowed mask exemptions. So for any parent that wanted their children to breathe fresh oxygen and be a normal kid, they signed the mask exemption and they went to school normal. I didn't have plexiglass around the desks. I didn't have uh, social distancing at school or having them walk in a certain way. I didn't do any of that. In fact, when I studied the CDC guidelines, I thought, are schools really going to do this? This is crazy. This doesn't make any sense.
0: I want to, I want to ask you because we're on this topic, I've thought about this a lot lately. What are your, thoughts on the type of trauma that wearing these masks specifically for children is going to have later in their life because because especially being in California, you know, people, a majority of the state is vaccinated. The mask mandate got lifted last week, yet I still see a lot of people and children outdoors wearing masks. And I believe it's become almost part of our subconscious programs, similar to brushing our teeth or making our bed. It's like something that's become automatic. So what are your thoughts on like the long-term trauma that our children are going to experience, you know, three years, five years, 10 years down the road?
1: Well, I have something better than my thoughts. I have actual, I have witnessed with my own eyes, the trauma that kids are experiencing in these masks. And I'll give you a story that I've told several people already. We do these things at school called shadow days. And these shadow days are when kids are applying for our school, they need to come in so that way we can see them interact with the other kids and we get to test them and figure out where they're at and so forth. Well, we had this five-year-old come in for a shadow day and within 30 minutes, she had her mask on. Her mom had her mask on. She walks into our classroom none of the kids are wearing masks. They're all hugging each other. They're all playing with each other. They're all laughing. It's just, you know, it's a normal experience. Well, this poor girl had a panic attack within 30 minutes, and we had to call her mom and have her mom pick her up. Okay. It's trauma. Parents need to understand it's trauma and it's psychological abuse. Please stop saying your child is okay. Just because your child is not saying anything, it doesn't mean they are not being traumatized. I see kids chew on the mask, hold on to the mask like they are holding on to it with their dear life. It's become their security blanket. They actually think in their little minds, because they don't know any better, that these masks are protecting them. And it's just not true. So, you know and and i've seen other kids who who started in our school in the middle of the school year that came from a school with masks and it would take them time to pull away from the mask mm-hmm. because they were so attached to this mask and this is like this has been only 6 months imagine a kid who's been wearing a mask for a year okay 2 years what are you doing to this child the ocd the 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 anxiety it just <laughs> the list goes on. Forget about the physical trauma, right? Your child is breathing in carbon dioxide and they are not breathing in fresh oxygen. Okay. Mm -hmm. The basic, the basic thing that God had created us to inhale, to clear our lungs, they have taken it away. And as parents, I'm here to say, wake up and -hmm. protect your children. Okay. You are their voice. They're doing as they're told. And unless you stand up for them, unless you do what's right for them, they are going to just continue to go into the lion's den and be abused on a daily basis until you say no more. Now Mm -hmm. for people in California, sadly, the media has really manipulated Californians and New Yorkers to a so scary point. I mean, you come to Miami, yeah, you see people in masks, but not like you see them in New York and California. And so okay. you need to step out of it. Really, you need yeah. to do your research and study and learn. Um, I have an amazing PowerPoint project a presentation that I worked with uh, an organization called Stand for Health Freedom. Um, my dear friends Sergei and Leah, they helped me put together this document with a ton of research, a ton of information that basically supports why your child should not be wearing a mask. You can take this PowerPoint presentation. It's free for everyone. In fact, if you follow me on Instagram, uh, you can go to my Telegram page and I have it pinned. Um, I have the link pinned where you can fill out the information and they will send you my PowerPoint and all the research, everything you need to study yourself and then convince your friends why this is wrong. And then go to the school boards and convince them why this is wrong. If we all came together, this would end. The yeah. problem is you have way too many people that are really believing in these masks. And, you know, it's just not right. I've had kids, Jeremy, that that would come into the office with headaches that had never had headaches before in their lives. Okay. Dizziness, nauseousness, And one by one, I would call the parent and I would say, you know, it's probably the mask. Why don't you try sending them to school without the mask and see how that goes? 100% of the time, the headaches, the dizziness, the nausea went away. And then later, I found um, a research project that was done in Germany with over 25,000 kids and over 300 doctors participated. And you should see all of the side effects you know, headaches was number one 68% of the kids experienced One or more of these side effects You know So it's just like Come on people, the information is out there You just need to go and look for it And stop blindly following Your government Stop sure. blindly following pharma Because guess what, I have news for you Pharma doesn't care about you Sorry, they don't. you're just a dollar figure
0: This is something for me Layla, that and and guys, we, we're gonna link to all of Layla's information in the show notes. So be sure to you know follow what she's up to. Uh, she's up to a lot of a lot of really powerful transformational work. So definitely, definitely hit the link in the show notes. Um, in regards to in regards to the mask, my whole thing this whole time is I didn't want to make this a political issue. Like this became so political. And I'm like, this is a health issue. You know, like you mentioned, oxygen is our most essential nutrient. And if we're not getting in quality, adequate oxygen, then we're going to suffer. We're not getting the proper blood flow to the brain. Our energy levels are going to be depleted. Our mood is going to be depleted. And this just wasn't talked about. And the thing that I think we missed the most from media and government was like, if there was one opportunity to emphasize health and the importance of prioritizing your immune system and building healthier habits, it was now. It was this last year. And I feel like instead of doing that, we were just push this agenda of fear, which as you know, is the lowest vibration you can operate from. And that's going to actually cause inflammation on your body. Fear. Is, is going to weaken your immune system and increase your likelihood of getting sick. So it was just, for me, like, it was just really sad to see it become this really divisive political issue. When, in my opinion, it was all along, this is a health issue. So
1: I had I had parents come to me and say, why are you bringing politics into the school? And I'm like, how are masks politics? You know, why are you not following the science? I'm like, what science are you referring to? I'm sorry. This has nothing to do with politi- politics. And there isn't any science that justifies putting your child in a mask for eight hours a day. I am not going to blindly follow the CDC. I'm going to do my own research, critically think and do what's right. You know, and I had 14 parents that pulled their kids out of the school because they said I was jeopardizing their kids by allowing other kids to roam around without a mask. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, you know what? Okay. We don't see eye to eye on this. I don't know what to say. Cause I'm going to bat for your kids. Even if you don't like that, I'm, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And it's my job to fight for their rights as a school owner. I'm here because I am here for the kids and I'm sorry but most of these parents that are sending their kids to school and a mask for eight hours a day, they are not wearing a mask for eight hours a day. Okay. Right. I've told a couple parents, you go wear a mask for eight hours a day. Come back and tell me how you feel. In fact, while you're at it, try and study, try and concentrate, try and focus, try and go outside and run some laps.
0: Layla question for you. So, so before this all happened, you know, before March, 2020 took place, you know, I know Center Academy is relatively young, a couple years old, but one of the things that really, that really stood out for me in some of the videos I've seen and, and even like meeting some of the kids and parents is just how emotionally intelligent the kids are and how compassionate they are and how self-aware they are. And I would just love for you to talk about some of the unique areas of curriculum that, you cover that really nowhere else does.
1: Jeremy, I'm sorry. I had a, my husband and daughter just walked in. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> oh,
0: they can, they can make a guest appearance if they'd like want to
1: say hi. You want to say hi?
0: Hello, hello. hello. Hello, hello. He can't hear you.
1: you, can't hear you. Oh, yeah. I hear my head. Oh, you my okay. Head. <laughs>
0: okay. Good to see you guys. He says hi. Nice to see you. So so my question for you, Layla, was before this all happened, you know, and, and Center Academy was up and running. I know it's a relatively new school, a couple years old. But one of the things that I really noticed being around some of the kids uh, when I was at your house and even watching some videos is the heightened emotional tel- intelligence of the children and the compassion and the self-awareness. And just the overflowing abundance of love. So I'm curious to know, what are some of those areas of curriculum that you cover at Sentner that are just neglected in a majority of schools?
1: So we're really focused on social emotional learning. Mm -hmm. Um, We're focused on we've got some amazing core values. You can find them on our website website that we are integrating throughout our curriculum. One of them, for example, is kindness and compassion. Another one is integrity. Another one is being mindful. So we really, really try and be present and mindful in all of our interactions. And it's, you know, we're going to make mistakes. We're human. But it's about, okay, when we made a mistake, uh, we weren't so mindful. How could we go? How can we be mindful? I mean, it's just really building a curriculum around core values of like what we really want to see when these kids graduate. What are they? What are they? Which? How? What kind of citizens do we we want them to be in this
0: world? Mm -hmm. And so
1: those are our core values. And that's how we build a curriculum around those core values.
0: I love that. And I think a lot of people neglect the first seven, eight, nine years life, uh, seven, eight, nine years of a human's life. This is literally when their subconscious mind is being created. Mm -hmm. And if they're in a toxic, violent environment, that is going to become their reality. And the fact that you guys are teaching these skills and these lessons and these values at such a young age is so transformational because a lot of parents fail to realize how important every single word they speak is, every action they take, their children are watching and that becomes their perception of the world. And I just love that you're embodying this, both as parents and the people that you bring on to staff. I'm curious to know, uh, you're so passionate. Whenever I speak to you, it's like the energy is overflowing. And I feel like the same about me. That's what I get told a lot too. So I'm wondering, have you always been so passionate just about life in general? And, And maybe what are you excited about right now in this moment?
1: So, you know, I'm excited about everything that we're doing and everything that we're building. Obviously, you know, a little bit of my background. I used to be a CFO, so a chief financial officer. My background is accounting and business. And um, I was super passionate about accounting, believe it or not. I was an auditor. I loved every second of it. I I just everything I do, I want to be passionate about. And once we had our first child. Um, I became passionate about education and that's why I'm pretty much throwing myself into education because I see that our children need it. And I see our future leaders need it. There's so much hate and anger in this world that, you know, we need to take advantage of the time that they have when they're young to build and help shape and form kind, compassionate future leaders. It doesn't mean that you need to be soft. You know, you could be tough, and you can be strict and firm, um, which I've had to do myself, um, and make tough decisions. Right? We, we don't want to. We don't want leaders that are pushovers, but we need leaders who are going to be able to make decisive action. I'm sure. You know, you saw what happened with me with the whole media frenzy, um, and the fact that I took a stance on you know, this experimental COVID shot. I took a stance because there were a lot of claims and reports that are being made that unvaccinated kids are being significantly impacted by being around people that are freshly vaccinated. Um, And I spoke with several doctors and they told me, look, there is something going on. We don't understand what, how or why. I'm sure we're going to figure that out once more information comes out. But yeah, there's something going on. And look, we're a huggy school. My kids are constantly hugging the teachers, and they're spending seven hours a day with them. Mm -hmm. So I asked them basically to take a time out and not to get vaccinated. And I needed to take a firm stance on this. And I needed to, you know, draw the line in the sand to make sure that until more information gets understood about this potential transmitting of the spike protein to others that I protect the kids. And obviously the media took it and turned it around and, you know, tries to make me look like this horrible person uh, for taking the stance because I did not follow their propaganda and their narrative. And, um, you know, that's what they do. If you don't do what they're saying to do, which is what they're doing across the country, forcing these vaccinations on teachers. I mean, come on, The Miami Herald called me insane and dangerous. What's more insane and dangerous, telling people to to hold off or to force these young, healthy teachers to taking the shot or lose their job? (coughs) Or (coughs) in Florida, some schools (coughs) are not firing them, but they're saying, well, you need to remote teach. (coughs) You're not allowed to teach or be around the kids. Unless you get this experimental shot, which by the way, if you look up the VARS database, which is a government run database, there's been over 5,000 deaths. Okay. Let me say that again. 5,000 deaths and over 900,000 adverse side effects in the government database. And that's not even a, a complete listing because there are people that are dying that aren't in that report. There are people that are dying that the doctors are not connecting it to to the shot, you know, yeah. or they don't want to connect it or whatever reason. So, who knows what that number really is, but when no. you have a drug that has a potential side effect of death. How do you force that on people? Where's the humanity in that? That I don't understand. And yeah. I, and I feel like we're in a bizarre world because you have all of these people that are rushing to get this shot that they have no idea even what all the ingredients are. You know, and they're being basically censored. Everybody's being censored. So you don't even really know what's happening because all of the true, uh, you know, stories are being pulled off the Internet faster than it goes up.
0: Yeah. Leila, a couple things. I definitely want to I definitely want to talk about this media frenzy that's happened the last four to six weeks or so. And piggybacking on what you said, again, this has become a very political issue. For me, my perspective, I'm like I see I see the vaccination stuff and again, people ask me about it all the time on social media and in real life, are you getting vaccinated? Like what are your thoughts? I'm like, listen, this is your life, it's your health, do whatever you think is genuinely best for your future and your family's life. Like like that that should be at the forefront. If you think it's the best, if you've done your research, go ahead and do it. It's your life. It's your health. It's your body. However, what I found so comical and so ridiculous, like I couldn't believe this was happening was California bribing people with free Krispy Kreme donuts. And then you have New York bribing people with Shake Shack French fries and you have Ohio bribing people with free shots of liquor. And I'm like, You're literally giving people these food-like substances that are driving disease to incentivize them to put this foreign thing in their body. And that's what really shook me. I was like, wow, our governments are going to such crazy lengths to get people vaccinated. It's really alarming. Like, why do they care this much? I got reached out to to do a paid partnership to promote the vaccine. And I'm not sure how much they were gonna pay me, Um, but but that's what's happening. And it's just, it, it's unfortunate it's happening in, in America. You wouldn't think it would like, you know, this is freedom of speech. It's all of those things that I feel like have kind of been thrown out the window this last year. Um, But let's come back to this media frenzy.
1: I just wanna say something real fast. I would love to be the auditor that followed the money on any of these politicians' bank accounts. I would be uh, very surprised if they didn't receive some nice lump sum of some amount of money to push these shots the way they're pushing them. Because if they truly cared about people's health, would they be offering a vaccine for a donut, a Dunkin' Donut or Krispy Kreme? That doesn't even make sense. Or free marijuana or any of these other things. I mean, it's, It doesn't make sense. And when things don't make sense, it usually ties back to greed.
0: For sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we could go down a whole rabbit hole with that. And some other drugs that just got released, this Alzheimer's drug that costs 56 grand and doctors, if they prescribe it, um, get $6,000 in their pocket. And the drug got voted against 10 out of 10 of the people on the FDA board voted against having this administered, released, but they still put it out. So we could go down a whole rabbit hole, Layla, but I wanna talk about this, this recent media frenzy, because they've been talking about you at the White House, they've been talking about you internationally. And I've heard the saying that any press is good press, uh, any PR is good PR. I just wanna know, like, Like what what are you feeling and experiencing? Take us back to to maybe like when this started to really uh, go to the next level beyond just the Miami Herald and it started getting talked about on a national level. What is up Thrive Tribe? I am sorry to interrupt today's show, but I just wanted to remind you that you are so fucking powerful you have so much potential inside of you and oftentimes the only thing holding you back is the limitations that you've created in your own mind whether that is childhood trauma whether those are mistakes and failures from the past i want you to know that you have the ability to overcome any feelings of anxiety or depression that you are currently experiencing. And that is why I created this free guide, free course on how to master your mental health. I include five videos in this program. Again, it's 100% free. I literally just want to provide you as much value as possible to help you live the life of your dreams. So hit the link in the show notes, fam. And now let's get back to today's show.
1: You know, it was all very fast and surreal. It's like, to me, it was like, okay, come on, guys. This is such a joke. You have teachers that are being fired every single day across the world for not taking this vaccine. Teachers that are quitting. And you care about this little old school who's taking the stance to protect the kids from the unknown. And I'm a global sensation. You know, it just it just it, it showed me very clearly who the media was. I mean, I I, I I kind of figured out fake news is really fake news and all of that. But I just this took it to another level. And, you know, I wonder who was behind this push because, you know, it just felt very orchestrated. Um, you know, there are some outlets that were very much for me, but those were the you know, small outlets that, that that haven't sold their soul yet. Um, you know, and there were some great um, followers sharing my stuff all over Instagram, which, again, these were the honest people that wanted to say, hey, you know, great job for speaking up and not just being silent like the rest of the schools. But, you know, it, it wasn't fun. The hardest part about it was the fact that I lost some really good students that I've really um, you know, grown to really love and they're going to miss the school. I had a few students crying that they didn't want to leave the school. I had a few students come and talk to me and say, please talk to my mom. I love this place. I don't want to leave. Um, I was able to convince two parents whose kids came to me in tears, um, to stay, to stay at the school. Um, but it just, I'm, I'm losing some good kids because of it. And that part makes me sad. We are bringing in some some kids that are super awesome and some families that are very much in alignment that are are, are very much, you know, eyes wide open, they understand that something is not right and um, they like the fact that I'm not just blindly following. So you know it's just gonna raise the vibration of the community and I don't need to sell you know why it's important to understand. Um, what you're injecting yourself with, and maybe wanting to see some animal trials before you rush to get injected with something. You know, I, I want an open minded community that can critically think about these things. And I think that's what's shaken out from all of this. I will tell you, Jeremy, if you have any amazing ed- educators that are listening to this, we are hiring. I'm looking for loving, caring, connected teachers. Uh, we have some other great openings. They're on our website. If you can add the link to our website, Setner Academy. For sure. Um, and there's a careers page where you can click on the careers page. Um, and, you know, Miami's a great place to be right now. So even if you're in California, you know, my teachers did not wear masks. Um, they had the choice and 99% of them did not wear a mask for the entire year. And we had no issues. So, and like you said, fear really drives down your immunity. And I feel like when you have the mask on, you're weakening your immune system because you are constantly in fight or flight. Um, We had a very successful year. Yeah, we had some people have COVID, but there was no problem. Not one of our teachers went to the hospital. Not one of our children, students went to the hospital. So, you know, follow the truth. Don't follow, you know, blindly. That's what I tell people.
0: For sure. Yeah, we'll definitely link to that. And that's another thing that actually really stood out when I was at your house for actually your birthday celebration. Uh, and I had the chance to connect with some of the teachers. They were just so self-aware and so connected. And their backgrounds were so impressive. They all had, you know, the letters behind their name. But more importantly, they had that true commitment and and passion for elevating the consciousness of our youth and i could really feel that in in the brief conversations i had so if you are a teacher listening and and you you want to be in an environment that really supports its teachers and is creating something very unique and special definitely definitely apply for this Um, I might even have to apply. I'm not a licensed teacher, but I might have to go get some get some degrees or something. Uh, I wanna I wanna kind of shift. Yeah. You know, that? one of
1: these days, you should come see our uh, PE program. Our PE program is so amazing. We right. infuse mindfulness in PE. Um, it's all about the brain body connection, neurodevelopment. I mean, these kids work out hard five days a week, forty minutes a day, and it's. I, I, I love it. I love it. They come in from PE and they are drenched. I love it.
0: And that's how it should be. Kids are not designed to be stuck in a classroom with fluorescent lights, sitting down, staring at a screen or staring at a book. That is not what children are supposed to be doing. That's actually not what any humans are supposed to be doing. And unfortunately, it's too common nowadays with our education system. Actually, I want to piggyback off that, Layla. Talk about how you guys at Center Academy, because I actually have never asked you this before. How do you guys approach nutrition in in terms of what you're feeding the kids?
1: So we approach nutrition in a very unique, special way. We are all certified organic, gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free, no processed foods, no GMOs, none of that stuff. And, you know, we've actually had many, several kids lose weight, not just because of the food, but also because they're working out. And we've had parents come up to us and say, you know, I've been really, really working hard to get my kids to eat healthy. And every day they would go to school and just eat junk. Now they have to eat healthy at school and at home. And I love it. I don't need to worry. We have an amazing salad bar. Um, it just you know, a chef who makes the food on a daily basis fresh for the kids. It's the way all kids should be eating. What kids are eating at school is just horror. It's horrifying to me. It destroys their little brains. Um, And it's just, it's just part of the system of keeping kids down, pump them with processed chemicals, you know, that are in these processed foods, these GMOs. It's just, it's the reason why, you know, ADHD, autism, all of this stuff is connected to food, vaccines, you know, uh, the poor water. And, and, you know, we've got a very, very special water filter at the school. It just, uh, everything we do is super intentional and, and I love it. I love it. I love to see the kids smiling and happy and, and flourishing.
0: Yeah, that's, that's unreal. That's unbelievable because so many of these kids, People don't realize, parents don't realize, and granted, it's not always their fault because a lot of the education about food is also very misguided, but they don't realize that sugar is literally a drug that is acting on your reward system, your your, your frontal lobes. So if your kid is constantly consuming sugar or sugar-like substances with all these artificial sweeteners, they're literally becoming addicted, and their brain is craving this thing like a drug. It, it works similar to cocaine on your dopamine reward centers, and that's why I see when I go shopping and I record videos and stuff. I literally see kids throwing tantrums in the grocery store because mom's not getting them. You know the the fruit roll ups, the Cheetos, and then usually the parent ends up caving in and getting those things because they don't want their kid throwing a fit in public. So it's really alarming. And I think every parent has the responsibility to be more conscious and aware of what you're feeding your child and how it's impacting their developing brain and immune system and gut and all of these things. So that's incredible that you're doing that. Um, And I kind of want to provide a little context. When we connected, I saw the way you and your husband, David, were connecting. And I was really intrigued. I was like, oh my gosh, like I could feel the love you two had for each other. And it was very genuine. And I acknowledged David afterwards, just telling him that. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your relationship with David and what makes it so unique, what makes it so special and how you've been able to really continue growing that bond.
1: You know, I think, um, so when David and I met, we both were, you know, two broken souls. Uh, We had a lot of trauma in our past and um, we both were divorced and we fell in love instantly. I knew he was my soulmate from the second I heard his voice on the phone. We met online. And then when we locked eyes, I was done. I was, I was, I was done, totally done. So when we got engaged and I knew we were still in the honeymoon period, I said, "Honey, we need a relationship coach." Because I know we're going to the you know that 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 phase where nothing can be wrong is is you know, we're going to get past that and we're going to have issues that are going to come up especially because of our past. So let's work with a coach. And we did. And we and it was amazing that we did because I'll tell you <laughs> That second year before we got married, we had this guy on speed dial and he really helped us understand ourselves, understand each other, how to communicate better. Um, and it, it was amazing, you know, but then we needed to take it further by working on our souls and healing our souls. And so that's when we started a journey of self-help. You know, uh, whether it was we started with Tony Robbins, we went to India five times in one year, did some seriously deep spiritual soul cleansing, you know, deep breath work, deep meditations, you know, David even went into this dark room for like three days or something crazy with like only, you know, you know, a toilet and a bed (laughs) and some liquids to eat. Uh, I couldn't do that because I'm scared of the dark, Um, but just really working on ourselves and understanding our triggers and understanding that, you know, we're a product of our environment. We're a product of genetics. We're a product of past life trauma. And even to this day, you know, I've got a spiritual coach on speed dial. We had a little issue two weeks ago that my spiritual coach was able to let me see, um, what it was that I was, that I needed to correct. And it's just, that's really the success of our relationship is having support. And I see us having support, you know, until, you know, the day we're no longer physically in this body anymore, because um it's hard work. It's hard work to have a successful relationship. And no matter how much you love each other, I love him to pieces but had we not done all of the things that we've done together I don't know if we would have made it because yeah. we would have you know our stuff would have gotten in the way and we would have blamed the other and blamed play played the victim and just this is what happens to beautiful relationships and they would refuse to reach out and get help but we're different in that way we're all about getting help we're all about raising our hand when we've got an issue and that's, that's really the key to our success.
0: Yeah. Besides the fact he's
1: super handsome.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. I think, I think that what you mentioned is really what stands out is that both of you are very growth oriented and I see so many relationships become stagnant and stale and complacent after five years, six years, seven years, things just get old and they stay the same and people don't grow and evolve. And I love watching both of you put in the work together and continue to evolve and not settle for just a good marriage or a a good relationship. You guys really want it to be thriving and you're willing to put in that work and and, and go through those uncomfortable moments and conversations that are oftentimes required. It's funny, Layla, because I asked David, I was like, I asked him one of the times I was together, I think we were actually at a pool party and I asked him and I was talking to this girl and I was like, like, David, how, how long did it take you to know that Layla was the one? Like, was this, you know, a couple months? Was it, was it, was it like instant? And he said, right away. He's like, right away, there's no doubt in my mind. And I was like, holy shit. Okay. And and you just second that. So, so that's really cool and beautiful to, to hear. Um,
1: I knew before him though.
0: What's I knew before
1: him. (laughs) I tease him. I say, I knew before you. (laughs) I knew the second I heard his voice. He knew the second he saw me.
0: Yeah, one of the things, one of the things that really, and I've expressed this to him before, I expressed it in the voice note that you didn't listen to yet. Um, one of the things that really impresses me about David and yourself is is the openness and the and the humility. I think that's one of the most attractive qualities that I see in David is like, sure he has a lot of things he has access to a lot of resources but talking to him is like he's always very present and i feel like that's something that a lot of people lack including myself at times and i always feel heard when i'm speaking with him you know and and that's something that that really hit my heart and i'm like this man is different so I'm curious to know like what do you think are what do you think are maybe a couple of the qualities that are most important for the divine masculine to cultivate to really become the most powerful version of ourselves
1: I think you just hit the nail on the head David is a great listener he never I don't know how he does it he never talks over me I'm the one that talks over and I'm trying not to not talk over him <laughs> but he's super calm and he just like nice he's, he's calm and present and I think it's I think it's a hard it seems like a hard skill for the masculine to master uh being calm and present and staying in there you know even when I'm you know erratic or freaking out about something the calmer he is, that brings me down. And um, the handful of times that we've had some blowout arguments is basically, when I was triggered, and he was triggered at the same time. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't calm and collected and present. And then I tease him, I go, see, it's because you were triggered. (laughs) I need you. You're my rock. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, you're my calm and peaceful person. He's like, Hey, hey, I'm human too, you know, and that's, You know, it's just a kind of little inside thing that we have, but his, because he is so strong and masculine and powerful, um, you know, I have learned to be more in my feminine. And I think as a, as a woman, women need to learn to be more in our feminine. Uh, I grew up super independent and I grew up having to be very masculine and it wasn't until I went through all of these spiritual retreats and, you know, healing things that I was able to embrace my feminine side and being with you know a, such a loving amazing human being I then felt safe to be in my feminine because I had a masculine mm-hmm. around me that I could feel safe with and so I, I try and tell guys like being masculine doesn't mean you're being rough and angry no that's actually the opposite it's being calm and loving and peaceful with a strong presence.
0: That's really powerful. What you just said for sure. That resonates. That resonates a lot with me. And
1: and he knows how to put his foot down lovingly. Right. Because as a masculine, you sometimes need to go, you know, I'm sorry, honey. It's not happening. Here are my reasons why. And if you need to take a few minutes to just calm down and meditate on that, I understand. But, you know, this is, this is not, we're not headed down that direction. And here's why sometimes you guys need to take that stance yeah. and you know, and it is what it is. And.
0: Have you, have you read the book by any chance, Laila, the way of the superior man?
1: No, I have not.
0: Um, I'm curious to know. What, so, so one of the things that he mentions is like, like a big air, a big, a big spot where men, give up their power, I guess, is that at the root of it, like, we all have a mission, we all have, we all have this purpose that we're pursuing. And that's like, every man's number one priority, or, as he argues, it should be, as soon as we give up our mission, our purpose for anyone, even if it's our partner that we love dearly, like, there's a lot of respect that's lost. And I'm curious to know what your thoughts on that are. Like, it seems to me that both of you have combined your missions in such a strong, powerful way that it's so cohesive that you're not compromising any of like your personal growth in the pursuit of your love.
1: Well, I agree. That sounds, that sounds, I agree with that. Um, I would say that, um, you know, The first part of our relationship, we were on the same path. You know, I was the CFO of the company he owned. So every conversation was, you know, about we were headed down the exact same path. Now it's different. You know, I'm focused on the kids and our school, he's focused on our investments and his own passions. So he, we've divided in terms of our passions, but we're still very much in alignment in terms of our overall goal, which is to bring happiness to the world. And so he's super supportive of everything I'm doing. I'm super supportive of everything he's doing. I offer him input on his projects. He offers me input on my projects. And then we have some projects that we're working together, like this amazing farm, a regenerative regenerative farm that we're building in Redlands, Florida. That's going to be so cool. It's going to have an amphitheater in there. We're going to grow food. We're going to have retreats. It's just going to be just off the charts. So we're like working together on that. Um, it's just, you know, our passion and our mission is in alignment in a broad scale of really wanting happiness for humanity. The sub- subset of that, he has his stuff and I have my stuff.
0: For sure. And it,
1: and it works. It works.
0: Yeah. What would you say are the three keys to creating long lasting happiness?
1: I would say the three keys to creating long lasting happiness one is continuous self development, working on yourself. That's critical. Um, And as part of that, having a nice, you know, meditation process to help kind of like cement it in. Um the second thing I would say um you know physical fitness is important. There are so many amazing benefits to physical fitness, um, where it creates these amazing, you know, hormones and this natural release of these dopamines. Uh and 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 really just you know, eating healthy and being healthy and knowing what you're putting inside your body, because these chemicals and the things that you're putting in your body are really impacting your hormones. So, you know, eating organic is important, especially if you eat meat, because they're constantly injecting these animals with hormones that you're eating and consuming. So those, I would say the top three, um, we infuse a lot of, um, Dr. Tal Ben Shahar's happiness into our school, and he's got scientific studies that talks about the science behind happiness. You know, and number one is meditation, mindfulness. I think number two on his list is physical fitness. You know, maybe somewhere on that list is is healthy eating. So he's got the formula down. We hired him as a consultant. We studied his research, and we're like, okay. That's what we're going to be doing in our school. Being grateful, gratitude is a huge, has a huge impact on happiness. Yeah. When you walk around being grateful for for the, you know, the air we breathe, for, for the, the sunlight or the rain or whatever it is, it's hard to be angry. Uh, you know, and, and also finding your purpose. And your purpose can change every day. You can have a purpose for the day. It doesn't need to be a purpose for the rest of your life but really just finding something that you feel in your heart is giving you purpose, even if it's for that minute, for that moment, for that day, whatever it is.
0: For sure. Absolutely. What is uh, piggybacking on this? I know we're running short on time. Uh, You, you mentioned, um, crap. You mentioned, what was the thing you mentioned before, Oh, okay. So you talked about the importance of gratitude. And I'm wondering for you personally, what is one experience, one moment that was extremely painful and traumatic that you are now grateful for?
1: You know, I, I'm, I'm the whole media frenzy was very painful and traumatic, but I'm grateful for it because it made me stronger. It really made me stronger. It made me come out of this with resilience and grit. I didn't let it break me down. I didn't let me take me to a dark place. I remained strong. I had the courage and I fought back and I did not let them, I didn't let them succeed. And I think that's been, that's been something that I can look back at and go, you know what? As, as much as that hurt, I feel like I came out a stronger person from it.
0: Yeah. For sure, and I want to uh, I want to finish this conversation by asking you a hypothetical question. Um, so it's your last day. It's your last day. You've accomplished everything you wanted to. Centner Academy has impacted millions of families around the world, and you have a billboard. An empty billboard that gets to be seen by all 7.5 billion people. You can put a word on there or a phrase or sentence on there. What would be on that board?
1: Um, Live in your heart. Mm. What does that you know, mean? I have. To- for me, sometimes when I'm triggered, you know, and I'm ready to react, I had to tell myself, Layla, be in your heart. Mm. Go back to your heart. You know, stay, stay in love, stay in connection. It's not easy to do. You know, sometimes you do want to like, you know, lose it. Uh, and, okay and I lose it sometimes. Huh?
0: It's okay. to lose your shit sometimes. It
1: is, it is okay to lose it. But you know, as a leader, as someone that's trying to lead by example, um, as someone who's trying to be a good role model, it's very important that I'm, that I don't, you know, and I have to remind myself because I'm human and I'm going to make mistakes. Wait a minute, Leila. that totally was not in your heart. Mm. And then I'll have to say, you know what? I'm sorry. That was not in my heart. Can we rewind for a second? And can I fix what I just said? You know, and I'll I'll just, I'll say it. I'm sorry. I wasn't in my heart when I said that. Mm. I was triggered.
0: Yeah. I like that. when
1: when When you're triggered, you're in your head. You know, you're in your head.
0: Yeah. I oftentimes say when I'm like leading a class or working with a client that the longest journey that we ever take in this human experience is the 18 inch journey from our head to our heart. And I think what you said really reflects that. Um, final, Final question for you. So again, hypothetical, it's your last day and you are gifted with this opportunity to have one final dinner, one final supper. Okay, it can be a Shabbat dinner and you get to choose three people to enjoy that dinner with. They can't be family. Can't be relative. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. And so you get to choose three people, uh, dead or alive. I want to know who are those three people, Layla? And then what are you having for dinner as your final supper?
1: Well, I'm going to say Martin Luther King, Jesus. And Buddha. <laughs> wow, that's
0: gonna be such an interesting.
1: There's <laughs> so many questions.
0: You're gonna, you're gonna create that, you're gonna, you're gonna hold it down for the divine feminine at that table. That's I a have lot so of,
1: many questions. That's a lot <laughs> of
0: impact. A lot of a lot of a lot of transformation at that table. What are you gonna do? <laughs>
1: Well, you know, I would definitely make it a, something vegetarian to not you know insult anyone <laughs> um, I don't know what should we eat? I do a a a lentil gluten free pasta with uh, <laughs> with some broccoli and carrots and wow, you know, some deliciousness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is your last meal. So you can, you can, you can, you can cheat a little bit. Lilla. It's okay. Um, I want to, I want to just take a moment to, to really acknowledge you from the bottom of my heart. I'm so grateful that um, I met you. I'm so grateful that I met your family and uh, you guys just really embody so much love, so much kindness, so much leadership. And it's really special for myself to have people like yourself and David to look up to and talk to if there's something that I'm struggling with. And I just really appreciate you and all the work that you're doing and the way that you've stayed so true and authentic to your values and belief systems. So Leila, thank you so much. And thank you. I want to give you the opportunity to just share with people where they can connect with you. How can they support the mission? All of that good stuff.
1: Yeah. So, um, they could follow me on Instagram, which you have to spell my name out completely. Maybe you could post the link, but it's Layla Setner, L E I L A C E N T N E R. Uh, I also have a backup account, Layla Setner three. <laughs> um, and when you go to my Instagram, you could. Go To my bio and follow me on Telegram, which is at Telegram putting kids first, and then you could also follow my school's Instagram, which is Settner Academy again, that's C E N T N E R Academy, and you could follow us on our website, which is settneracademy.com.
0: Amazing, and we will link all of that in the show notes, fam. And don't forget, if you're a teacher listening, they're hiring, and I promise you. If you want to work at a school where you feel all the love, you feel all the support, this is the place. And Layla, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time. And I'm excited. Thank you,
1: Jeremy. We love you. We love yeah. you. You're an awesome guy. Thanks for I'm doing good in the world.
0: world. to hear this one.
1: Thanks all for right. doing all the good in the world, Jeremy. We love you.
0: Oh, my goodness. Thrive Tribe. I don't know about you, but that... Episode with Layla Sentner left me so inspired because she's received so much negative feedback and criticism over the last couple months, and she has not allowed that noise to stop her from pursuing her passions, from pursuing her message and mission. And I think it's so easy to hear criticism to hear negative feedback and allow that to push you off of your path. So let this conversation be a reminder. Let this conversation be an inspiration for you, whatever your message and mission is in life, stay connected to that. There's always going to be people that try to challenge you that try to bring you down, but the more firm you can remain in your mission, in your purpose, the stronger the larger, the greater the impact is that you will create. And as always, fam, I appreciate you so much listening until the end of the show. And it would genuinely mean the world if you left a review on iTunes. It makes such a massive impact in helping us reach more people and impact more lives. And it literally only takes like 12 seconds. So hit that link in the show notes, leave a review, check out our video conversation on YouTube as well. And I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to connect with you next episode. It's going to be a good one. As always here at Thrive University, you know what time it is. It's time to stop settling for mediocrity and thrive.